0: Podcast is part of the Sports
1: Social Podcast Network. Joe, how are you doing?
2: I am doing very well. We're recording on a Tuesday night, and I am officially off for work for five straight days now. So
1: well, good deal. I have a half day tomorrow, then I'm off for four to half days. So Ooh. I am right there with you, excited about what's um what's coming up on the this week big week
2: yeah you're just powering through to get to christmas right
1: oh yeah well i mean if you, just just got to get through you thanksgiving can see so you can get to christmas me, i was i have been i've been taken over by christmas decorations in my house i lasted <laughs> as long as i could but with uh two daughters and a wife it was kind of it kind of got to it and um uh sometimes you just got to pick your battles so i've acquiesced to the christmas decorations so we're in full like holiday mode but we are fully focused on thanksgiving this week
2: so you're you're as as we all know now uh a thanksgiving connoisseur uh just yes. the biggest thanksgiving fan that's ever existed this is
1: my favorite holiday i just yeah think it's what so it's
2: tuesday we're, we're two days away from thanksgiving yeah. what are your plans
1: okay so the tomorrow is a, is a big day it's the day before it's like so we got a lot of bacon and a lot of cooking to do. We're hosting Thanksgiving, so everything's gonna be at my house. We're having people over and all that stuff. So I think we're doing we're doing like pies and things tomorrow. Prepping the turkey, put the turkey in tomorrow night. So we've got a got a lot of work to do tomorrow.
2: Gotcha. And then how many people are coming over?
1: Um, well I think we're gonna have eleven people total, and that includes my four in in my family so me and my wife and two kids you
2: have like seven people seven
1: additional people yeah. Ooh. but i mean i will say this you have a very young new child i have preteens, teens and it <laughs> you got to feed them yeah and but also on another thing is like they make their own plates and feed themselves put their stuff away like there's not a lot of work really to be done
2: i'm going to remind you that next week when that you said there's not a lot of work to be done
1: well, true, because it didn't, I mean, I say they put their stuff away. I may have to ask them 10 times, stuff <laughs> away, but they'll do it eventually. Um, So on a different subject, we did have some viewer or listener feedback, I guess I should say. We had a question from a friend of the show, Scott Spainsmith, sent us a, a voice message and he had a couple questions for us. I thought we'd just jump in and start off with that. And, um, Take on his questions.
2: All right. Let's hear what you got, Scott.
1: Let me uh, let me pull it up. Oh. Hey,
0: guys. This is Scott Spain Smith. Hope y'all are doing well. Love the podcast. Just wanted to chip in with a couple of thoughts for you. One, Baylor Tech this week, butt bowl. Come on. We need to call it the butt tub. It's a the anagram, butt tub. Either way, we could do it. The trophy needs to be a gilded bidet. It just fits butt tub to tub butt. That's what we need. Um, also, here's a crazy idea I had this week. Outlandish, haven't thought all the way through, but what if the new Big 12, rather than having regional divisions, what if we brought relegation to college football? We have an upper and a lower division. The upper division is the top six teams, the bottom is the bottom six. Every year you finish in the bottom two of the top division, you get moved down. If you finish in the top two of the bottom division, you get moved up. It would be constant flux, but it would allow for better strength of schedule for that top division, which would help them to get into the playoff every year. Anyways, love you guys. Hope y'all are doing well and let's sick tech.
1: Thank you, Scott. That's a
2: a quintessential like Scott moment right there because it, it was filled with both absurdity and logic at the same time. So, yeah. um, <laughs> Thanks, Scott. I'm gonna for let, that,
1: I'm gonna let you jump off and start off with the the butt tub and what so you're the butt tub. About.
2: I think I, this is this is it's an amazing idea, right? Um, I I I absolutely love this. My favorite part of it is 100 the the gilded bidet being the the trophy of the rivalry that's just absolutely killer it's so smart and it's it's too good because that's why it won't happen it's just too good of an idea that that they'll never actually do it um calling it the butt tub also i feel like we could bring in like soaking jokes into that as well so you know hey uh we could we could figure it out but no that's that's absolutely amazing um that's a great one what do you think about the the butt tub idea matt
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I love the butt tub. I love the butt bowl. I wish they would. There's no trophy. There's no anything. And this is one of those. I mean, it's B-U-T-T. It's just like it's begging for irreverent celebration. And so if you even take that like Scott's, I didn't take it a, a not a butt, a bit further and do the butt tub. It could be I mean, it could just rise up the ranks of college rivalries, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, now on his second point, which was the more logical one regarding college football relegation, I absolutely love the idea, but I Mm -hmm. would want to do it a little differently. We're going to do relegation. I would say, you know what? Let's just merge with the the American, okay? The AAC. And that's how we do the relegation there. You want to be up at the power five level that's like the top 10 teams? And then you know the Kansases and the Texases of the world have to go down into the AAC the next year, and Cincinnati yeah. and Houston can come up. So sorry Kansas and sorry Texas, since you're the the two worst teams this year, you would go to the AAC. That's how I would do that one.
1: Yeah, I would. I was. I thought about this one beforehand. And I th- I think I'd, I'm right there with him, and I would do, I would do probably college football like FBS promotion and relegation. You could get us five power five conferences, as five group of five conferences. Just match them up. Um, SEC, Sunbelt, ACC, Conference USA, Pac-12, Mountain West, Big Ten, Mac. Mm-hmm. And just do constant movement, like he said, constant flux. And then it just makes it more interesting if you're talking about, like for this year, you would have Houston and Cincinnati, who are kind of Big 12 anyway, would be promoted to the Big 12. And then, like you said, Texas and Kansas would be going to the AAC yeah and then all across the board I mean in this year I mean I don't know in the Pac-12 but it'll probably be some of the same teams Arizona Stanford maybe I don't know how good Washington State is so but I mean think about if you had like Boise State and San Diego State going to the Pac-12 and you have Arizona in the Mountain West Conference
2: I think it's genius yeah genius Scott Spain Smith
1: Yes, um, I really did. I'm glad he sent that in. Scott's a good friend of mine, and I really do appreciate feedback from all of our listeners, and especially, uh, especially Scott. Um, so, what do you think about just jumping in and talking about this Kansas game we just Kansas State? I'm sorry that we just um, had in front of us, and I was interested to know like how your viewing was while you watched it, and what the uh, what your thoughts were. So
2: that was one of the toughest football games that I've ever I've ever watched. Like it was just both teams were out there just hitting each other. Um, It was a blast to watch. I have nothing but respect for the way that Kansas State came out and played. I said that, you know, I expected them to play fundamental annoying football. And then they came out, did that, but added an extra level of effort to it. They wanted this game. They really did. So very impressed with Kansas state, but even more impressed with Baylor to be able to go on the road in that environment against the team that really wants to beat you and is capable of doing it and going out and just gutting out a win.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was intense and it was just a really physical game. And I think you tweeted afterwards, like, you, you know, you hurt, (laughs) you know, I I feel it watching the game. Like I feel like I've been in that mix just because of how tense it was. But I think it got to a point for me, I think when we got up and we kind of kept that distance, kept them at arm's length, I got to a point where like, okay, I'm I'm pretty confident we're going to win this game. I'm not really concerned at this point that we're going to lose. Even after Gary went down, I thought we're going to keep this close. Now, I thought they may make it more interesting, especially with some late fumbles and things of that nature. But um, it's been like that, and I listened to the – between Two Bears podcast and it's kind of like this wasn't isn't like 2019 where like at, you felt like, like they um Matt and Evan had a great conversation about it where it's like they those in 2019 it was like we at any point we can lose this game.
2: Yeah, we got lucky in a few yes, games.
1: This I feel like we're pretty much in control of every game, even our losses. We're, we're in good control of the games. I mean, we play the best team in the conference and we lose by ten and play horrible in the first half. Mm-hmm. Or we we'd do a clunker against TCU, our rival on the road after a big win, and we lose by two.
2: Yeah, and we we have the we have the ball at the end of the game driving to win it. Yeah, like, a,
1: a mental error makes uh, you know because you're right. We have the ball driving. We should have won that game. if It wasn't for like a, a mental error to yeah one play give the ball up. So yeah, so I mean, really, it's like. It, even in that game, I was driving home listening to that. I was fully confident, like, oh, we're going to go out and kick a field goal and win this game. Like, we're going to win 31-30. I had no doubt in my mind. It didn't mm-hmm. work out that way, but I couldn't say the same thing in 2018. It was like, oh, we're totally going to lose this game.
2: Yeah, exactly. No, it, it's 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 a different team. This, this is a defense that just week in and week out, week out impresses me. Just absolutely the way that they play, how tough they are, how they just keep answering the bell. When, when the offense can't quite get it done or there's a penalty like we saw, you know, a couple of times, this defense just keeps going out there and getting it done. Now, unfortunately, like, this would have been a different game if the defense hadn't have given it one play after a bad penalty. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. we're really talking about minus one play. We're talking about a 20-3 to three game.
0: Yeah, and, absolutely.
2: Man, they just, they were hitting. That, that, that game reminded me, and I, I doubt we have, like, a whole bunch of Texans fans that listen, but... Um, in 2012, I think it was the the Texans went to Chicago and played the bears on on Monday night. And that was back when the the bears were actually pretty good on defense and were actually a pretty good team. And the Texans were really good and good on defense. And that was like, just a super hard nosed defensive oriented running game style, um, Monday night football game. And that's what I kept thinking about watching this game this weekend was just, man, both of these teams, they, they hit. They hit dude like Terrell Bernard, Jalen Petrie, every single like Greg Hall, um, all of them are just out there hitting.
1: Yeah, for sure. They had some great games. Gabe Hall had an amazing game. Um, couple of sacks, um all kinds of quarterback, all kinds of quarterback hurries. I mean, we're all over um the quarterback for Kansas State, um, Scott Thompson and you know, to eventually he got got beat up, you know, just got from the getting knocked down. There was a ridiculous rough and a passer call, but I'll let that go for now since we won the game. Mm. But I, I I didn't have an issue with that one, but it was it was a little bit ticky tack in my opinion. But it was letter yeah, of the let law.
2: It like you know, it, it was face mask to face mask on a quarterback that's helmet to helmet. So
1: I think it was it wasn't even that, I think it was the Extra shove at the end by a TV that that pushed him down. So that's uh, probably okay. what got him because he did hit him face mask face mask. But then he gave him a shove at the end and he pushed him down. So that's kind of I think that's what did it. But it was it was a love tap. <laughs> um. So do you have any additional takeaways from that game? Um.
2: I I really hope that we are not too banged up because you know yeah. I'm not even talking about Gary um i will say my thoughts there i don't think gary plays this week um, i know aranda said earlier that he was day to day but it's a pulled hamstring
1: yeah
2: um he's a quarterback that relies on his legs in a lot of situations um like not For that sure. he wouldn't be able to be a good passer without his legs but i think he yeah. really relies on them um and that's a tough injury to come back come back from even if you aren't a runner so i'm fully expecting to see uh blake shapen start in this game um there's no reason
1: but- to. There's no reason to put Gary in that position to further damage his hamstring.
2: But what does worry me is just after that game that we played against Kansas State, like that's a, uh, you're sore. You know, we, we, we joked about it, right? Like we felt sore after watching that game, those players, man, they're going to be, they're going to be feeling beat up. So that's going to be the the thing that I want to see is, you know, do they have kind of that, that same pop um, against tech that we've seen over the last few weeks?
1: Yeah. And I think that um talking about, I think what Aranda talked about on Monday was like, he's going to fight through and he's, you know, we wouldn't rule him out and all that stuff. I think that's really just coach speak. So tech has to think about preparing for Gary. Oh, for sure. I don't think he has any real threat to play. Have you ever had a a pulled or torn hamstring? No,
2: I've never, I've never, my hamstrings have generally stayed intact.
1: Uh I have had a pulled hamstring and it is and mine wasn't playing sports, it was being an idiot, but um <laughs> it's extremely painful and takes a while to really get your you know not limp when you're just walking from your car to work every morning <laughs> for me. But again, I didn't have a team of doctors working on me either, so <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, I I think I don't I don't think he plays, but I think I think we're in pretty good hands with Shapen.
1: Yeah, I would agree. (laughs) Had a really good um, second half. Um, Now, granted, they didn't have really any. There's no film on on Blake Shapen, So really didn't know what to expect. And he he managed the offense. Just as well as I think Gary probably would have in that in that environment. So I was really impressed with what he did. Kind of showed poise in the pocket. Didn't, you know, he'd step in the pocket, make throws, make some good runs. A long, I think, 28 yard run was his longest run that really um, set up for a field goal, I believe, and, you know, kind of extend that lead that we had at that point. So, yeah, I think with, we'll talk more about tech later, but I have full confidence in in Blake, uh, shape and bake, as Baylor Football like to call him.
2: To me, it was the it was like a huge just this is why Jeff Grimes and Dave Miranda are great coaches, because yeah. we, we've talked a number of times about how like the calm and the coolness that Dave Miranda has really, we think, rubs off on Gary. Right. Like that. Yeah. That's where you know he feeds off of that calmness and he stays calm in the pocket. He stays calm on the field. He doesn't get high or low. And I got that out of shape and too, like yeah. a redshirt freshman going in on the road in Manhattan. Um on senior night against a, a tough defense, and he went out there and he was not shaken at all. Um, and I give a lot of credit to Dave Aranda there for for allowing him to, you know, have that level of confidence. Um, and then I just give all the kudos in the world to Jeff Grimes, clearly understanding the player that he had, knowing the right plays to call. Um, having a feel for who his quarterback and who his players are that I mean, let's be honest. Like, I seriously doubt Jeff Grimes has had a ton of reps with Blake Shapen.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so just just man, it's just it's so refreshing and nice to have the coaching staff that we do this year.
1: For sure. Absolutely. Um, I thought we'd transition from the game to uh more coaching carousel talk. We talked about it last week, and then we had a couple, I think we had a couple more jobs open. I th- I think Virginia Tech opened after the last time we recorded, mm-hmm. and then this weekend Florida opened up. So you have two more Power Five jobs to go along with USC, LSU, Washington, that are. I think those are only Power Five. There's like five Power Five jobs open. I think that's it. Um, to go along with the other the Group Five jobs that are obviously open, and um, there's been a lot of talk about Dave Rand, of course. I'm I'm still confident that uh, he will be coaching Baylor in a 2022. So, what is your take on the Virginia Tech and the uh, the Florida job specifically in this cycle?
2: Man, you know, Virginia Tech is interesting because Justin Fuente, like he was the hot name. He was when, Billy when,
1: Napier before, Billy yeah, like
2: it, exactly, and it just kind of goes to show that man if you're going after the hot name it it might not always be successful for you i mean think of who expected matt rule to be the hire at baylor yeah. you know i mean nobody saw that coming everybody wanted chad morris <laughs> so
1: yeah and um, to the point where like chad morris was telling people he got the baylor job like that's why all the smoke was there because he was for sure he was telling the staff that you know they were they were all prepared to move to waco and then Mac does this like okie doke and ninja move and takes no one was saw Matt rule Matt rule was going to Oregon.
2: Yeah, he was gonna go to Oregon
1: Yeah, that was it. That was it. And then all of a sudden he's like Matt rose a Baylor. And so they even talked about that on another podcast listen to about how there has to, you know, what's this year's? They even brought up like this, the the Matt Row, the Baylor hire. I right? mean, who's the no one's thinking about group of five coach or whatever who's gonna go to one of these jobs? And I think LSU is kind of playing themselves with this now that Florida's open. Because living in Louisiana, I know this, people who are LSU boosters of fans, they have a problem, some of them, with hiring the ULL coach as their head coach, regardless of how successful it is. They don't want the, the Lafayette coach to be the LSU coach. And so that's a lot of pushback that the 80s getting. And even he, him being a Baton Rouge native, lsu alum he may even have that in his head to where he can't hire the ull coach (laughs) and so it's and then florida's gonna open and they will go and hire the ull coach to be their head coach and then you have to play them
2: yeah like florida is just really interesting to me because you'd think that they'd be really good they're the sec team in arguably the you know by some metric that you could hear like either like first to fifth best state to recruit in in the entire country yeah and they they can't seem to produce one consistent really good football team out of miami florida state and florida you would think one of those schools um would be able to do it and it wouldn't surprise me if we saw miami open up this year they they've got a new or they just fired their athletic director um so it wouldn't surprise me if if we see that job open up in florida too yeah um i agree i think billy napier is probably what it's going to be at florida um, I think I think yeah. he might finally pull the trigger and, and and head out.
1: Well, I think from from things I've I've read and from people, it's like he was he was going to take his time. He wasn't going to jump at the first Power Five job. He wanted one of these tent pole LSU, Florida, these big jobs. And and you know, Florida is one of those jobs. You're absolutely right. They they should recruit as the better than any other team. I mean, Florida state and Florida should be ahead of Miami just because of mm. the nature of the university. Yeah, exactly. Those, those two schools should recruit. They've both been hurt in recruiting because they don't have, or I will say Florida has, they don't have top notch recruiters or people who prioritize recruiting leading their program. Dan Mullen. Yeah. What do you mean? Dan X Mullen didn't
2: those. prioritize recruiting. Where would you get that idea?
1: <laughs> uh <laughs> twenty four seven in his own words um but but you're right they should they should knock out, and then Georgia comes in there right there, and they're taking Florida recruits in fielding the number one team in the nation, so it's like the thing with l s u is unlike Florida, they have no competition, they're the only power five program, and kids are raised here to be l s u tigers, yeah. Like LSU is,
2: it's it's rare that you find a flagship institution with zero competition in a like recruit rich state. Like LSU is so unique in that way.
1: Yeah, per capita, there's like more like foreign fossil recruits in Louisiana, yeah, than any other state. It's a small state with tons of talent.
2: Yeah, there's just talent. It's amazing that you can look at LSU's roster in their best seasons and just so many of the it's not like you're looking at texas california and florida kids that are coming there it's it's louisiana kids that are on those teams
1: yeah and so even look at their like the last three coaches that have won a national championship you know saving miles ojron because because it's that type of program you get the right you don't even have to be the right guy ojron kind of lucked into coordinator hires and things like that and and he's a great recruiter, so they brought in all this talent and they had the probably the best college football team ever. And you just gotta not screw it up. That's pretty much all in <laughs> LSU, it's all you gotta do is not screw it up.
2: So so you're you you have connections there. Like you're a Louisiana guy, you're not too far from Baton Rouge, and and you know people there. Um so tell me, you know, who do they hire? I feel like the rumors that are out there are all guys that I don't think. I don't think are actually going to go like i don't I don't see jimbo fisher going there i just don't like i know that that name keeps popping up i don't think jimbo fisher is going to lsu um i don't think david Miranda is going either uh no. as we've established and the other name that's been really hot that we've heard is lincoln riley like that's the big smoke around it name but i just i just don't see that happening and then i think like mel tucker right was another name that we heard well he just got just the most money um yeah to stay at Michigan state. So yeah. who realistically does LSU get?
1: I think right now, I mean, now Scott Woodward is, is a, as Stephen Godfrey, like I say, he's a certified gangster. So like as an AD, he could pull a rabbit out of the hat and someone we do not even talk about and they could be announcing as the next head coach of LSU. will set that aside. Cause I don't know who that could be. Um, I think the Mel Tucker got a big push. Just because of saving connections, and Scott Woodward does think very highly and loves Nick Saban, and then Jimbo for sure because they are our friends. He hired him at A&M when he was eighty there, and I think he's he's put a lot of a big push on Jimbo to come to Baton Rouge. I just don't think Jimbo can. Even I think he may, he may want to. He loved his time in Baton Rouge by all accounts. He has a lot of friends still in Baton Rouge from his time at LSU, but you can't go out there and be, I am not going to leave Texas a I have ranches. I love it here. I'm going to stay here and finish my contract and then turn around and just lie to all the media and all your friends. I mean, it just, it's just a bad look.
2: Yeah. It's PR-wise. one thing for Saban to do it in the NFL. It's different yeah. to do that at the college level.
1: Cause college media is different. They, like, you see him so much. It's just a different, I mean, I don't think any coach can do it. That's why I don't think Mel you know, Tucker's probably not going. Cause he's kind of made the, like, I didn't come here to pass through. I'm here to, to build something. You know, we just saw this, this week or today, a man, matter of fact, um, James Franklin, he agreed. To yeah. James Franklin staying contract extension. And so I think for LSU to answer your question, I think Napier was on the list, but I think, there was pushback from boosters for what I said earlier. And so Aranda from people who are close to the program is, has not been mentioned by anyone there. They've, no one's mentioned as a serious candidate, Dave Aranda. Bill O'Brien has been talked about. So, and then even Reese Davis on their podcast, football podcast, he said Bill O'Brien's going to be the next coach at LSU and he's an Alabama grad with connections to Alabama. Where Bill O'Brien's the OC right now, so I could see that I could see Bill O'Brien getting hired, and Uh, people would be hilarious as a as a Texans
2: fan. That would be hilarious.
1: Well, I I I think you have to look at yes, you're right. Um, People are going to look at his time as a Texans, and they're going. I've heard this. He was a good coach. He was a bad GM. But my pushback is as a college head coach. You're both. Yeah, exactly. So you you are the GM. And now he did do good at Penn State. He They were in a, a bad situation, similar to where Baylor, when Matt Rule stepped in and they were very successful for what was all going on. Kids were leaving, you, you know, with no penalty, transfer play immediately, anywhere they wanted to go. He had to recruit his players to stay, not get – and they, you know, made bowl games and were competitive. So. I think he's a good coach. I do. Um, I just worry about that lingering effect of the Texans on him and his time there, which he had good seasons. He had a 12-4 and season. He had multiple double-digit win seasons. I mean, I do think he's a good football coach.
2: It just would be, like, so funny to to get a guy that is a, like, self-proclaimed asshole Me, like he's just an asshole from Massachusetts. Like he's a northeastern, like East Coast elite Boston dude, you know, like East Coast elite is very tongue in cheek there. Um, but like he's a Massachusetts guy, and just imagining him going and recruiting Louisiana is hilarious to me.
1: Yeah, like coming from
2: Coach Orgeron, yeah, for sure, like going and recruiting recruiting kids, but Louisiana to
1: Bill O'Brien, Scott Woodward, once. someone to represent the university he didn't like the whole coach oh stick the whole like from the bayou i'm one of you because you do represent the university and they're going through all kinds of other turmoil right in baton rouge with title nine stuff and lawsuits that we are both familiar with <laughs> from our be it fandom with baylor so you want someone like Matt Rule, who was a New Jersey from New York, from Pennsylvania, to come to Waco, Texas, to kind of focus the program. I don't know if he's like that. I don't know. Matt Matt Rule is an excellent, excellent leader of men and a good head coach. I don't know that about Bill O'Brien.
2: Well, we shall see.
1: Yeah. But um anything else on the coaching carousel? Like I'm pretty it's just
2: sure it's I think it, we're just I think we're gonna get a lot of surprises. I think I think guys are this is the season of staying put. So I I know everybody's like picking out like who's gonna leave yeah. where, but it's the season of staying put. We've seen Jeff Trailer stay put, we've seen James Franklin stay put. Looks like we're seeing Mel Tucker stay put. So I think we this is think the Dave year. Rand
1: is gonna stay put.
2: Yeah, I think David Rand is gonna stay put. I th- I think that's probably why Bill O'Brien's name is there because he's an offensive coordinator,
1: yeah.
2: Um and I think like the name that I've seen for SMU. If Sonny Dykes were to leave SMU and and, and go well, to I think TC, he's leaving.
1: He, I think that's yeah right. I think
2: I think it's kind of a done deal at this point. But Parker um, stats
1: award like he called that like the, like the next day he's like yeah he from his context is like he's gonna go thirty miles. <laughs> um,
2: but you know it looks like they're gonna probably pull a coordinator to be the coach there. So it wouldn't surprise me if LSU grabs a like a like because that's still a big name. Everybody knows who Bill O'Brien is. Yeah, and we know that's important to Woodward. He likes the name. Um, so I think I wouldn't surprise me to see something like that. Um, I am curious, as I still don't quite know what Florida and USC will be able to pull off. Everybody keeps throwing Aranda's name and Matt Campbell's name into everything. I don't think either of those guys are leaving their schools this year. Um, so being a Florida and being a USC um and having the fan base that they do, there's almost an expectation that they get they're gonna get a hire that's gonna make them feel great. Um and it's it's you know the best thing in the world. Uh, but I just don't know if they will, and then we haven't even touched on Washington. Um, so yeah. I think it's just it's not a great time to be or, a a program I with think Napier is going to
1: Florida. I'm 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 pretty confident Napier is gonna to go to Florida.
2: Who knows? Like, you know, the, the rumors I've heard about him and Auburn from last year why he turned Auburn down was because they they wanted to dictate some guys that needed to stay on the coaching staff, and Napier wanted complete control. I and mean, yeah. Florida might be just as arrogant to try the same thing. Napier Napier is
1: on. a total sabanite and he wants complete control of his program. Mm-hmm. Absolute yeah. control. That's 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 true.
2: So I mean, there's 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 a lot of this just staying put going on, and I think there's a reason for it is guys are realizing that. You might be able to go make an extra million dollars somewhere, but you're going to get canned in three years if you don't yeah. do everything perfect.
1: What the reason I think Napier's going is because he's done this like two cycles. Like he gave, he turned down allegedly. I mean, I don't know how much interest Baylor had, actual had in him. He was rumored to be interviewed for the Baylor job. He was definitely like Mississippi State thought they hired him. They thought they had him last year, turned down Auburn. South Carolina, three SEC jobs. He decided to stay. At some point, you have to make the move, or people won't will stop calling. Right. So you you eventually you got to like you don't want to be. This is not probably something that you're familiar with here in Lafayette. You don't want to be like Mark Hudspeth and wait too long, and then you get fired from ULL. (laughs) So that's you don't want to do that. You eventually you got to move on. Especially if you're an up and coming coach like that, but what do you think about us um, jumping into our picks?
0: Let's let's do it.
1: Okay. So now I did want to go over this. I've been keeping a tally of our picks over the course of the year. Okay. And you you had a great great week last week. Like you nailed pretty much everything except for SMU and TCU. Um, not me, not so much, uh previously, we've had like we've gone back and forth with like great weeks and bad weeks currently, I'm just three games ahead of you, oh so makes, makes this week a little bit interesting, so it's fifty three and forty, and you're uh fifty and forty three
2: all right, so, so hey that means if you listen to us, you will have one more bets than you have lost,
1: true, true, absolutely, so with that being said let's let's jump off into this week to get picks and um it's a great week of football just because not just for the Big 12 but college football in general it starts well it's going on right now but Thursday Friday Friday we have a ton of games then a Saturday a great slate so this is why thanksgiving is the best holiday <laughs> anyway um the first game we have a friday night game kansas state travels to those sad Longhorns in Austin.
2: This is a Friday afternoon game. Friday afternoon. Early game.
1: Friday. It's like 11 a.m. on Friday. <laughs> on Fox. Um, Texas, for some reason, is uh favored by three points. I guess that's just the home field advantage. Um, is all and I mean, the quarterback issue, maybe the Kansas State plays into that. But um they are favored by three points. Um is texas do you think texas is going to really drop a seventh straight game
2: so skylar thompson not playing is a really big deal like he's he's not just a really good quarterback he's the heart and soul of that team um and i don't know how you replace a guy like that i really don't all of that being said kansas state is going to win this game Mm -hmm. because texas is hot garbage and is going to finish ninth in the conference this year I have full faith in Kansas state to win this game outright. So I'm taking KSU
1: win. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. Um, I just can't. I've said this probably every week. I can't wrap my mind around so many straight losses. I think they'll find a way, like you said, with the quarterback issue with Kansas state, the, I'm going to bet on Texas to cover the three points and win. Take I'm gonna take the three points. I think they'll win, um, by probably by three points. If I just right there. But um, I just think they're gonna end up. What are they now? They got what? Seven losses.
2: The uh, yeah, four and seven, four yeah, and so seven. I
1: think, I think they'll finish five and seven, but hey, it's better than four and eight.
2: Yeah, yeah I'm 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 got my fingers crossed for four and eight, baby. So. Uh, <laughs> Next up, we have another Friday game. uh, 3:30 p.m. on FS1. We have uh, TCU heading to Ames, Iowa, to face off against Iowa State. Iowa State is a 14 and a half point favorite. um, Trying to, I guess, right the ship a little bit here after uh, what two straight losses now to Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Um, Heartbreaking loss to Tech, and then had it, you know, had the opportunity to go out there and and tie the game up against Oklahoma, and just didn't quite get there. Uh, What do you see going on here in this, in this 14 and a half point Iowa state favorite game?
1: Um, I watched most of the Iowa state game and I hear people talk about Brock Prairie's game and I just didn't see a, a good quarterback playing football for Iowa state last week. It was like, they, like he cost them the game. It seems like, and, all that being said, I think I think they win, but I think TC is gonna cover the 14 and a half.
2: Okay. I'm I'm going the other way. I think Iowa State covers, and it's because they have Brees Hall, and I think Brees Hall is going to be able to just absolutely run all over them. Yes. Um Iowa State, they you know, they have a strong defense and a good running game, and that's a lot like what Oklahoma State has, and they destroyed TCU. Um, it's a lot like what we have too, but we absolutely laid an egg in that game. I don't think I don't think Iowa State is looking to lose three in a row, so I think they're going to come out here and really want to beat up on everybody. It's senior day for probably the favorite and most important class in the history of Iowa State football. Um, you know, Brees Hall, Charlie Colar, Brock Purdy, all those guys. This is their their last game um, in Ames, so you know. I agree with you on the brock Purdy stuff i think he reminds me a lot of how we felt about charlie brewer for a little while right like he just was he was so tough and he was the quarterback at the time of when we were like oh are we gonna get good again um so we had this kind of like respect but he didn't have that kind of fall that that charlie brewer had um i think i think he's so similar to charlie brewer in a lot of ways but He's a big winner at, at Iowa State. It's his senior day, um, so I think I think he'll probably perform a little bit better. So I'm taking TCU to or Iowa State to to cover this.
1: Yeah, and I would add, I, you had mentioned earlier you don't think Matt Campbell's going to leave. I think there's it's there's a less than zero chance he leaves, yeah. um, just because this is like you said, all these seniors coming back, the the best senior class from the big 12 championship game team and you're gonna your best case is seven and five right i mean that may be like that's this is our this is as good as we do at Iowa state eight and four so this is the best
2: player so far he's recruiting at a different level than than he has before so i i don't know that's my other thing with him is he's done the hard work and now now the now you get to kind of reap the benefits of of all the hard work that he's done and you're starting to get four stars to come to Ames, Iowa, and you're going to leave before you even see what that's like. I don't know. I just don't see it.
1: All right. Next on the docket, Cincinnati travels to East Carolina to take on the ECU pirates. So that's the Pirates. That's right.
2: They, they are. They're the pirates. Okay. <clears throat>
1: um, Cincinnati is. See, I like this line. It's a, this is, more palatable than what we've been seeing out of uh, Cincinnati lines. It's a 14 point favorite Friday, two thirty on ABC. Um, I'll start with you. What do you think about um, the Bearcats?
2: Uh, I think Cincinnati covers this one. I, I, you know, I shot my shot last week to predict that they would, uh, they would lose to SMU and kind of their clunker game. Um, they very much did not lose that game yeah i was right there with you um so yeah i think i think they'll come out firing uh this is a 14 points this is not that not that much for cincinnati to cover so they'll they'll close it out get their undefeated regular season and and try not to have a letdown against uh houston in the, the conference championship game so yeah they'll cover this
1: i agree um i like this line better because i think they're gonna win by more than 14 for sure but it's better than having those 21, 25, 28 point to where it's like that's just a lot of points <laughs> to to win by. But I agree hundred percent.
2: All righty. So next up we have uh yet another Friday game at 230. This one on ESPN. South Florida heads to Central Florida. So in-state little rivalry here. Um so, this I love this matchup because this is interesting. Because I think it was South Florida that blocked UCF from being able to get into the, the Big East a mm-hmm. while back. And then now, uh, after the Big East went away, UCF is the one that's going to land in a power conference and they get to look back and point at South Florida not being there. Um, but UCF is a 18 and a half point favorite um, over, the, over South Florida. What do you mm-hmm. see going on in this one, Matt?
1: Um, I think UCF is going to win and cover the 18 and a half um USF. Uh they're not a good football team. They're kind of rebuilding mode with um their situation there. Um these teams don't like each other. This is like a real deal like they call it like the war on I four, I think. So it's uh they don't like each other. UCF is is head and shoulders the better team and they'll just take care of business and um take out their rivals from tampa
2: yep 100 agree
1: all right moving on to saturday university of houston travels to Yukon to take on the fighting jim morris uh <laughs> is a 32 point favorite um that's a big number how do you think um the cougs do so
2: Yukon is really really bad just really really bad and houston is is really good um i I think i think i've let that tech loss that they had uh at the beginning of the year really linger with me with them but um you know they're like cincinnati they're this is their their last regular season game heading into the conference championship game i think that both these coaches want these teams firing on full cylinders so um i think houston's going to come out just and absolutely obliterate UConn in this game, so I'm taking UMH to cover.
1: Um, I think UH is going to win easily. Uh, thirty-two points is just a lot, and I have when I do picks, I have principles, and I think thirty-two they could win by thirty, and I just think thirty-two is a lot of points. So I think UH wins. UConn covers a thirty-two point spread. Gotcha.
2: Already. Uh, Next up, we get uh, the West Virginia Mountaineers maybe with their toughest test of the season uh, as they head to Lawrence, Kansas to fight the Longhorn beaters themselves, um, the Kansas Jayhawks. So we have the matchup of the last two teams that have beaten Texas this year. Um, West Virginia is and this is the craziest line I think I've seen all year is only a 15 and a half point favorite to to beat Kansas. Um, this game is at 6 p.m. on FS1 on Saturday. Matt, do you think uh, West Virginia will be able to conquer that 15 and a half point spread?
1: No. So, um, I've been impressed with Kansas the last few games. Um, they took TCU down to like a you know late field goal for them to win. It was 28-31. Like you said, they defeated Kansas. I'm not sorry. They defeated Texas. I get those two teams confused. I uh, did defeated Texas the week before. So I think that um, – I think West Virginia definitely will win the game. Um, but I, I like what Lance Laporte is doing in Lawrence, and I think it will be closer than the 15-and-a-half.
2: All righty. Um, I disagree, and yeah. I'm going with our golden rule, which is
1: true. I'm no matter that. who
2: they're playing – you take the, the points, points against yes. Kansas, so I'm taking the 15 and a half uh, West Virginia to cover.
1: All right. Um, the I guess this would be considered the big game um, on a national level of of the week. Yeah, these the, the last three ABC games game. that we
2: have these are big games. These are big have.
1: games. I'm really excited about all three of these next games. Oklahoma travels to Stillwater, Bedlam. Oklahoma State is favored by four. Um, this game is a big evening ABC game. Um, this is an important game for Baylor. Can, if Baylor can do what they need to do. What do you think? Can Oklahoma State finally take care of OU in a bedlam?
2: Oklahoma State will win this game, but That's it's going to be a one about. or a two point game. That's that's what I think. I think this is going to be a one or two point. I think it's that close um, just because I, I think Oklahoma State is far and away the better team than Oklahoma, but it's Bedlam and True. they just don't Bedlam doesn't go Oklahoma State's way. Um, you know, I think it's I think it blink and Riley tweeted that, um, you know, a big Oklahoma account tweeted that there's been this is the sixth time that Oklahoma state goes into this game ranked higher um, than Oklahoma and in their history, it's Gundy is one in four, or this is how many times Gundy's gone in ranked higher yeah. and he's one in four in his history against Oklahoma when he's the higher ranked team that tells me they've done it before, but it's bedlam. So crazy stuff happens for them. Uh, but I still think that their defense um, and the fact that it's at home will be enough to put them over the edge, and I think they might win on, like, a game-winning field goal or something like Oklahoma has to go for two at the end of the game to tie it, and they can't.
1: All right. I'm actually going to go with – I'm going to take the points in Oklahoma State to cover the four. Um, I think that – I mean, we've seen Oklahoma up close and personal. We've seen them all year, and they're not Oklahoma, quote-unquote so and i've oklahoma state is a is a better team i think they're the better team and i think they're going to take care of business and um beat them up four points
2: that'd be great news for us man i'd be down for that yes all right so this might be you know this is another really major national brand game here. And it's unfortunate that it's at what time it is. It's at nine thirty yeah. at night on ESPN. It won't have much competition. It'll be the best game of Saturday night. If you're up yeah. that late to watch it. Um, but we've got BYU traveling to Los Angeles to face off against USC. Um, you know, USC, not necessarily what they have been in years past. And they're one of the teams that's looking for a new coach. As we mentioned earlier, uh, BYU though on the road, only a seven point favorite in this game. Um, Matt, do you think, uh, the Cougars have enough to pull this off?
1: Um, yeah, USC is not good. Um, BYU is top 15 team in the nation. They have already taken out three Pac-12 South teams this year. Um, and they're going to do the same. They're going to, I think they're going to win by more than seven. I'm win by 10, um, as a matter of fact. And then I think next week they have Cal and they'll, they'll wrap it up and be 5-0 against the Pac-12. Eh,
2: man, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, I'm taking a BYU cover in this one all day long. I think I have a lot of respect for BYU and the team that they are. Um, their style of game travels, and it's not yeah. like uh, the Coliseum has proven to be the hardest place to play this year. So I'm taking <laughs> BYU to cover. For sure. In fact, and, like, this might be a home game for BYU.
1: Yeah, I, I, you're absolutely correct. BYU, like you said, travels. Um, And uh, no one goes to USC games, so yeah. yeah, So I agree. And then finally, we have the game of the week. The Texas Tech Red Raiders travel to McLean Stadium to take on your Baylor Bears. Baylor is now. This is this morning. I did this. They were a fourteen point favorite this morning. That may have shifted. I don't know. Um, It's eleven o'clock on FS1, um, and like everyone has said. Baylor's a tough team to beat at 11 a.m. Yeah. Uh, at home.
2: Yeah, I think I think the line actually has moved by a half point. I think I looked at it earlier tonight. And it was 14 and a half for Baylor now. That um, okay. so means money's coming in. On yeah, money's coming in on the Bears. And man, Tech is six and five. And they have like a really cool signature win against Iowa State, who is what, seven and four or something like that now. Um, so maybe not as signature as people would have thought at the beginning of the year, but I still think Iowa state's really good. Um, man, they got shut out last week against Oklahoma state. And I really, even without Gary Bohannon starting, I, I really don't think Gary's going to start. I think we'll see Blake shape. And I think we're going to be able to run the ball all over him. Um, you know like you said we're we're undefeated at 11 a.m at home and yeah. we're just undefeated at home in general this year we're we're a different animal in mclean so i'm not too worried about baylor covering these 14 points uh so i i told the i was on the and tech podcast uh earlier and we were talking about this game and i think my score prediction here was um 35 17 baylor so
1: Yes. So I am right there with you. I do believe that Baylor will win this game. Even with Blake Shapin, if Gary doesn't play and can't go to full speed, I think that um we're gonna run all over the Red Raider defense. I think it's just gonna be one of those games that we've seen all year to where we're just gonna impose our will, kind of like the Texas game where we just impose our will. We're gonna run four, five, six yards at a clip, and then by the fourth quarter, they're just going to be done. They're going to be beat up for three and a half quarters. They just um, I don't want any more. So I think that's how it's going to go. And like you said, I could see that. I think I want to say Parker from um, Stats of War, I think he had like 42 to 17 maybe on his um, stats. So I I could see that I could see 42, 21, you know, something like that kind of similar to the West Virginia game where it's like 42, 20, 42, 24, something like that.
2: Yep. Totally agree. Um, You know, I think this is, this is a big deal game. I think it's going to be an emotional game. It's Mm -hmm. senior day for honestly, one of the most important senior classes that we've ever had. Um, We get to see a guy like Jalen Petrie, for example, be honored. We get to see, uh, Terrell Bernard get honored um, just so many guys that have been through so much at Baylor in their time here it's going to be a really special day for all of them um, and I, I can't wait for each of them to get their name called as they run out of that tunnel for in, in McLean Stadium for the final time um, and on top of that it's an opportunity for us to win 10 games and that's a big deal like yeah. you know yeah. not everybody gets to do that regularly and i think it'll be the sixth time in 11 years that baylor has won 10 games and that thinking of who this team was when i got to baylor in 2006 and we lost to army um, and washington state and you know it was a you know well it was kansas was a different team at that time but you know having it be a big deal that you beat kansas um we've we've come so far as a program and we've changed so many times dealing with the scandals that we've dealt with Dealing with our head coach leaving for the NFL and, and having our, you know, the third guy in a decade that can come in here and make this team successful. Um, it makes you proud to be a fan. And this week, that's what this game is going to be all about. Um, and then finally the implications that it has for the future of this program. If you win this game, you're an Oklahoma state win away from being back in the big 12 championship game after going two and seven last year um, with an unlikely, but somewhat outside shot at maybe getting into the playoff out of nowhere. Uh, who thought that we would live in a world where Baylor has two losses and Oklahoma has one and we are ranked higher than Oklahoma in the college football playoff rankings. Yes. Like It's just, it, it's crazy to me. So there's, there's a lot going on. And I think Evan Aber said it on Twitter. Like these guys know. And it's this isn't the kind of team where that kind of stuff gets too big for them. This is the kind of stuff that motivates this team, right? This yeah. is the stuff that that having a guy like Dave Aranda as your coach prepares you for. And I think they're going to come out there because this game means so much. And they're just going to put it all out on the line. And I'm not worried at all about them winning this game.
1: Yeah. And if you saw a lot of the videos and stuff that Baylor football put after the Kansas State win, a lot of players there saying one and oh, baby. One and oh. That's yeah. what their mantra was like after the camp, it, w- it wasn't like we're nine and two now it's like we're one and oh this week and i think it's kind of it echoes a lot of what like um the culture that kind of met rule laid the foundation for and david is kind of built upon is this culture of you know what's next one and okay one week at a time we're not going to let outside forces dictate how we prepare um and he's kind, of, he's kind of elaborated on that in press conferences. But I'm right there with you. I think it's the type of um, a team that um, is not going to really look ahead. Um, I mean, TCU, I think you can kind of take out of that because um, I don't think it um, ever really happened. Hmm. So, I mean, no one – I mean, it hasn't affected Baylor moving forward. The college world playoff, they don't even know that it exists, the committee. They don't even pretend it existed. So, why should we? So it's just been one of those teams that they've met every obstacle and they've just built upon week upon week. And I think they'll continue to do that and take care of business. Like you said on yeah. Saturday,
2: yeah, we're in agreement there, my friend and just so excited. Um, I, I, there's like an outside chance. I'll try to like sneak up the way go. I doubt it will happen, but I'd say it's less than 0%. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about how I might, how I might try to do that but um, I was going to try.
1: With- I have a long weekend off, but the 11 a.m. kick kind of just threw that all out of whack mm-hmm. to be, to, to drive. Cause I would have, it's like, it's a six hour drive. That's kind of rough to do for an 11 a.m. kick on a holiday weekend.
2: Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. We'll see what happens.
1: We'll but, see what um, happens. I would be remiss if we didn't, talk about basketball for just a minute um did you get to watch any of the men's or women's games they had uh, a couple games this week
2: so i got to watch a little bit of the women's maryland game which didn't come out um as we had hoped but hey it was a and that's a what top three i think yeah. maryland's ranked now um yeah, and I think three it's a really good basketball team and we didn't play great in the first half came back in the second half and 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 really came out and impressed me showed the character that this team has even with a brand new coaching staff so again i'm still really excited about where where the women's team is going um i didn't like get to watch all of the men's game this weekend against stanford so i got to watch a little bit of the second half and okay. or of the i got to watch a little bit of the first half when it was like okay. i was like oh man we, we should be playing better than this um but and
1: i checked the score put a I, I like, on the on the yeah hoop and we wouldn't score
2: <laughs> i uh i checked the score in the second half though and i looked down and i was like wait a minute <laughs> what what's going on we were up by 21 or something and I was what happened in this game So i turned it back on and i, I put that on twitter and i saw that we had just just made just an incredible run in that game and really demolished yeah, yeah. a Pac-12 team. So yeah.
1: um and I mean and they're not a I mean they're not I don't think they're a particularly good Pac 12 team. Um but they were three I think they were three and oh maybe three and one something like that.
2: They were three and one, yeah.
1: Three and one. Yeah. Um yeah the same thing. Like I watched the wrong half of this game. I watched the first half and I was like, yeah I was like we should be up more than we are. And then I just saw the updates like, oh, Baylor's on like a 21-3 to run. They're on a 28-3. to They're, you know, just kept on going up and up. And I was like, this is crazy. So, uh, yeah, and then I switched over. I was at work, so I'd switched on my uh, streaming, and I was kind of had in a small window on my second screen. And um, it was uh, at the end of the game, you look at the box score, and you realize Baylor could have been shut out in the first half and still won this game. <laughs> that that's they scored that's more an points in the stat. second half than stanford scored in the game
2: that's that is that's a good one i like that one
1: <laughs> so uh so yeah we got there they have some um games this week the women play let me pull it up here on thursday and play fordham and they're in the i guess the cancun challenge
2: yeah, they just—I think they flew out today
1: for Cancun. So they, um, yeah, Thursday they play Fordham, and then on Friday they play Arizona State, and then Houston on Saturday. So we got those games um, coming up for the the women's, and that should be a good. Those are some good teams. Kind of measure yourself how you are um, in this new program under Nikki Collum um, over the holiday weekend. And I believe the men also play Arizona State this week. I'm pulling up their schedule right now. So on... Nope. I love this ESPN app. Okay. So (laughs) Wednesday, we play Arizona State, and it's there in the Bad Boy Mowers Battle for Atlantis is the uh, tournament this weekend. The tournament we've won before. Yeah, they're playing. um, And then I think... Yeah, I'll just go to the end of the week. So then on Thursday they're gonna take on Arizona State. I'm sorry, Arizona Wednesday. They'll take on, Wednesday they'll take on Arizona State. Yeah,
2: I think they will uh I think they'll thoroughly win that game. Arizona State is not uh what they have been. In fact, we have an Arizona State player on our team. So yeah. Uh, I'm not too worried about that one.
1: That could be that's like the uh, the Baylor at a challenge, the Baylor yeah. Arizona State. <laughs>
2: yeah it's just been the basketball team this year has been a blast to to watch i mentioned that uh i went on the talking tech pod earlier and um you know we talked a lot of basketball on that one i think tech's gonna be a good team but but man i am stoked to watch this so um we'll play on thursday no matter what because the uh the battle for atlantis has like a winner's bracket and a consolation bracket so even yeah. if the unthinkable happens and we lose this game we'll still have two more games to play um yeah. but i fully expect to happen what happened last time we were in the battle for atlantis and that was me at my wife's parents house for thanksgiving which we will be there for thanksgiving this year okay. and we were playing michigan state in the battle for atlantis and i think it was the semifinal that year um on thanksgiving and i had like I was like, had my phone under the table, like sneak watching it on mute. My father and my father in law saw and was like, "What well, you using your phone on Thanksgiving Day, huh?" Yeah. And I was like, "Man, you don't get it. We're playing Michigan State." <laughs> um, so I fully expect the exact same thing to happen, no matter who we end up playing on Thursday.
1: Yeah, what is was this the same tournament where? Um, it, made, it was a few years ago where they, they made the, the, the comeback against. Yes. The, yeah, was it that's the Battle for Atlantis? Yes. Okay. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, that's a great tournament. I love when they're in that tournament. And did you see the announcement for the uh the some tournament or challenge next year? Yeah, Vegas. In November of twenty two Vegas. That's a loaded, yeah. loaded. I've already tournament.
2: I've already asked for permission to go to that because that's us, Illinois, UCLA, and Virginia. That's and that's that's gonna be a fun little group.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking into that as well. That's been one of those things where it's like because it's like the week before Thanksgiving next year it's one of those things like it's we kind of if you can try to make it to that schedule yeah. to make it to that especially if you're a baylor basketball fan any kind of baylor fan that's going to be a great weekend
2: yeah i think it'll be a blast so i'm 100 going to try to make it out there for that
1: um so speaking of vegas and long shots they did come out with the college football playoff rankings the new rankings did you see did you happen to see them did you catch them this uh, eat them
2: I did very much and as I mentioned earlier it's it's a strange world when I looked at that and I saw nine and two next to Baylor University and I saw 10 and one next to the University of Oklahoma and we were above them yeah. in rankings that are driven by let's be honest like mainstream national brand level, Folks that pick these teams. Yeah. A two loss Baylor ahead of a one loss Oklahoma really blew me away. Being at 8 2, there is yeah. a non zero chance that Baylor makes the college football playoff with enough chaos. It is feasible, which blows me away.
1: Yeah. So I said this earlier in the year with the playoff. I said, like, losses don't matter, only wins matter. And the only reason I think that – because Baylor, like you said, they're not like a big national. They're not OU-branded or Texas-branded type of team. Um, but we have two top 15 wins with BYU and OU both sitting there. So that they don't even – like I was joking, but really it's like whenever we did lose the TCU, we went from 12 to 13. It's like it didn't even happen. Right. We didn't move hardly at all. And then the next week we beat OU and we jump up like three or four spots. So it's like yeah, it was
2: like they forget somebody forgot to tell the committee that we played that week, and I'm cool with that. Well, I mean,
1: I just don't think losses. I mean, they had Michigan, ahead of Michigan State because losses don't matter. Yeah. Only your wins matter.
2: Take out watching the games.
1: <laughs> yeah, you just look at score. I mean, so I think that OU doesn't have any good wins. I mean, of all the, I mean, they, they haven't played the best teams on their on in their conference, so they played. Baylor and lost and they play Oklahoma State this this week. So other than that, they have no top I don't think they have a top 25 win. So I mean that's that's kind of they put credence over top twenty-five wins. If they yeah, did one, I don't I don't know if they have one. Looking no, at No, they them, don't because they, the they
2: lost to us and they haven't played Oklahoma State yet.
1: I mean the teams they beat aren't ranked in the Big 12. Right. And the, the non conference but... wasn't ranked, Nebraska's not ranked. I mean, so that's that's all. That's what it boils down to. I will say this: Arkansas being twenty-five is laughable. They're seven and four. The only reason they're twenty-five is for Alabama to be in the top four to have a top twenty-five win because they just played. There's no reason a four-loss team's in the top twenty-five. Yeah, they did a good, really good job
2: team. losing to Alabama. <laughs> they lost really well to them.
1: I mean, that's that's it. They lost by a touchdown. Whenever they were supposed to lo- lose by like three or four touchdowns. So they're going the be Alabama's beatable, 45.
2: man. Alabama's yeah. beatable.
1: I mean, honestly, Arkansas should have beat them. They, they got some like home calls with, a, with an onside kick at the end that they probably should have retained possession and gone down. Because you're talking about Arkansas's offense went score for score pretty much. If they wouldn't have given Alabama a cushion, they went score for score for Alabama. And this is an Arkansas who went like two years that went in a conference game in the recent past. So, yeah, they're totally beatable. Um, Auburn could absolutely beat them this week.
2: Oh, my Georgia Lord. Georgia's
1: going to absolutely demolish them. Yeah, Georgia is going I good. hope Auburn beats them this week. I can uh, think of nothing better.
2: If Auburn wins the Iron Bowl. Uh,
1: After they just lost to south carolina the week before turn around yeah so yeah what
2: baylor needs baylor needs notre dame to lose
1: mm-hmm.
2: they need cincinnati about? to lose they need georgia to win out they need ohio state to win out they need bama yeah.
1: to lose
2: to to auburn and then lose to georgia so that's part of georgia winning out
1: to michigan and- right? michigan and Michigan will
2: lose, right? You said that? Well, yeah, Michigan will lose in this. In this They're going they to lose. They're going to yeah, lose. Ohio yeah. State will win
1: out. So that, yeah. then
2: you'll have a, a two loss Michigan without a conference championship. Um, you need to, for a Baylor to beat Oklahoma State in the championship game. Yeah. In the championship game. And that's, that's I, think pretty
1: a, much, I think that's it. That's everyone ahead of them.
2: So, man, if all that happens, you got a shot. That's all you can ask for, man. You got a, you got a puncher's chance.
1: Well, yeah, because like Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, they're gonna move up. Baylor wins, you know, they'll move up. So you're talking yeah, about
2: Either Michigan or Ohio State will fall this week.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you could have a chance where you're sitting there like five or six going in championship game, championship week. Yeah. You take care of the top five, they'll probably be five, something around in there, Oklahoma State. And then you top your six and you beat five, and then people lose ahead of you. Yeah, you have a chance. I mean, you need. There's a chance, to man. 2007 craziness, but it's been a while. It would be 2014
2: year. craziness. Yeah, you're right.
1: We're like yeah. TCU absolutely. was in the TCU was four,
2: and then Ohio State absolutely obliterated Michigan State, jumped them, got that four spot. Yeah,
1: Baylor was what like six. Baylor was yeah, five?
2: but then Baylor finished it in the final ranking. They, yeah, they 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 gave us five ahead of TCU. We and that's just. That was a head. It day. made no sense that that they did that because TCU won their final game of the year, huge, yeah, and crazy big, yeah, and there was no reason. It was almost like they said, "Fine, we'll give you the the head to head thing that you've been arguing about all year. We'll give it. You get to be five. They'll be six. Y- yada yada yada. Go do your thing."
1: Yeah, that was Jeff Long. I'm glad he's fired. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, man, I, I don't think anybody thought after a two and seven year that we'd be talking like we're talking. I don't think anybody thought after we lost to Oklahoma State that we'd be talking like we're talking. I don't think I guarantee you that after we lost to TCU, nobody expected that we'd be having this conversation with a game left to go in the regular season. So
1: Baylor's kind of like, I talked about LSU earlier, how the last three coaches have won national championships. Baylor's like that on on a smaller level, where like our last three coaches have risen up to the, top of the conference to contend for championships which if you go back to the start of the big 12 all those alum who went through from 96 to 2010 never would have said we're gonna be competing for big 12 championships they just want to get both eligible
2: yeah we're we're talking about the possibility that no matter if if we win tomorrow no matter what happens in bedlam yeah we're talking about the possibility that our third coach in a decade Mm -hmm. right our third coach in since 2008 was when art briles was hired but we yeah. can say since 2015, uh, since 2014 yeah. it'll be our third coach to reach a new year six slash bcs game yeah. you know i mean Art briles went to the fiesta bowl and the cotton bowl we won't talk about what happened there matt rule made it to the sugar bowl, sugar bowl. you know so if david randa somehow gets a you know an at-large bid to a, a fiesta bowl or a sugar bowl if we ended up winning the big 12 and didn't make the playoff man what a story to tell about this yeah. program and like what and Baylor is
1: with Baylor. I'm going to assume Baylor's going to retain Dave Aranda with the momentum carried into a new year, six at bowl bid or a top 10 finish in the cultural playoff. You're talking about with a new big 12, the way it's going to be shaped. You could position yourself as the top teams, one of the top teams in this new big 12 in 2023.
2: Absolutely, man. It it's, it's, huge what this school has been able to accomplish the in its man it goes back to the really the investment man this the sports run by yeah. money and baylor has gone and put then money into athletics the and recent
1: announcements i didn't announce like a hundred million dollar gift yeah i mean brand so new
2: basketball arena coming and we football operations center coming <laughs> i mean it's the it's a different world of baylor sports band like i mentioned in 2006 yeah. my first year as a baylor fan when i got to waco we lost to army
1: yeah well i think that about wraps it up um this being thanksgiving week is there anything particularly you want to be thankful for and when we head out as we head out here
2: so i am specifically i have one major thing that as a co-host of a pod a podcast called the bear dad where we talk about baylor sports you know i think it's only relevant to to talk about what I'm most thankful for in the Baylor sphere. My answer to that is Jalen Petrie. Um, you know, think back to where you were in 2016 when everything that you knew and thought about this football program fell apart. Um, an era where really the last thing that mattered for so many of us was the actual football part of it, stuff like recruiting. And thinking back to a kid like Jalen Petrie who, decided to stay. And when he was asked about it, the quote that he gave was the education is still the same. Yeah. So the level of maturity and understanding that he had and during that time to stick around, knowing what was in store for him, the vitriol and the hate that you're going to get to be a part of, you know, that you're going to have to go through because you're a part of this program and the things that this program had allowed to happen um I have just a special special level of respect for Jalen Petrie so going into his final game in McLean Stadium on Thanksgiving week I'm going to say I am very very thankful that I got to experience the career of Jalen Petrie in a Baylor uniform
1: absolutely there absolutely has to be something named after Jalen Petrie either in the new football operating center or on campus in the football facility somewhere because he is absolutely the type of kid you want when you think about Baylor sports, not just football, but Baylor sports. You think about a kid like like Jalen Peter, who was loyal to his commitment when he verbally um committed to Baylor and stuck with it amid all the turmoil, amid he didn't know who his head coach was going to be. And through two other coaches after that and has thrived as he was the day he was named as a a finalist for the Jim Thorpe award. So Mm -hmm. he's, he's thrived in by sticking to what he said he was going to do and being the type of kid he is. So absolutely. I'm thankful that uh, he's part of the Baylor program. I'm also thankful for everyone who like listens to, to us ramble on about Baylor sports um, (gasps) on weeknights and gives us feedback and gives us positive feedback and this started just as like me and joe we just you know we like talking about Baylor sports and we are i'm super excited when i, I look up and see people retweet favorite it and comment on it and just how much it's it's gone and more and more people have started to listen to it and more and more people have given good feedback i'm very thankful for for all of Baylor Twitter, Baylor fandom, whoever it is, thank you for um giving back to us.
2: I have to I have to throw a quick shout out, speaking of all that, to to Peter Pope, who has yeah. been just hugely supportive of everything that we do and in, sure. in, in getting things out there. And he's the you know the pod father himself and has really done everything he can to foster like a really cool community of Baylor podcasts. And that ties into um, our Daily Bears. I don't know if you noticed this week, but and I don't I don't know if how long they've been doing it. I just noticed it for the first time, but they have their their game preview um, that they drop every single week ahead of each game. And at the very top, it listed, hey, podcasts that you can listen to. And they they threw our link in there, too. Um, so just huge thanks to Peter and our Daily Bears. Mark, um, you know, soon Matt is bear as, as mm-hmm. their new editor in chief. Um, so, man, I'm uh, I'm very thankful for everybody out there that listens to us. This is just a, a cool, fun thing that we do. So we'll keep doing it and uh, we hope you enjoy it.
1: And uh, on the on the way out this Thanksgiving, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? How is your Thanksgiving weekend?
2: What does it look so like? So I will be so normally since both my parents and my in-laws live in the same city. Um, they live in Conroe, which is north, just north of Houston. Uh, we end up always having to do the double day, where you go to one in the morning and the other in the afternoon/slash evening. Yeah. This year, though, my mom started a business where she is decorating like the entrances and stuff to neighborhoods, so like the garland and all the wreaths oh, that that they decorate around neighborhoods. She's doing that, um, and. This is apparently the busiest time of year to go do all that stuff. Everybody wants it put up by Thanksgiving. Yeah. So my my parents are actually spending all day Thanksgiving working, doing okay. all that stuff. So we're just gonna go to my in-laws. Um, we'll go and I think we'll eat around one o'clock. So it's gonna be kind of like Thanksgiving lunch. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll go out there, have a little bit of a good time, hang out for a few hours, and then drive back home um sometime in the evening. Uh, I think we'll probably leave by like four so that way we can get Teddy home and in bed. And, uh, and then my parents will come over on Saturday and, and kind of just hang out with us then. So that's what our plans are.
1: Yeah, we are going to, like I said, we are hosting Thanksgiving, so we're going to, I'm going to be home. Uh, we kind of have like our traditions. We do, we like to host Thanksgiving, um, because I'm, am the way I am. So I like to, to be at my house. Um, but like my wife will put on the parade while we finish up cooking and all that stuff. And then it'll move right into, uh, to football and food. So we're very excited about Thursday for sure. Are you just, are you just,
2: are you just feeding the dog treats? Is that what he's begging you for?
1: If you see me like move over. (laughs) Yeah. I have like a, a a treat jar and I'm going like this and giving him (laughs) treats. So he won't, if you don't know, he just, he had surgery last week. He had a pacifier in his intestinal tract that had to be cut Uh. out. And so I see him chewing on stuff and I don't want to get another pacifier. So (laughs) I uh, am enticing him with like dog treats to come over here (laughs) and quit searching for things underneath the couch.
2: Just being a good dad.
1: Yeah. So anyway, happy Thanksgiving, Joe. Uh, it's been a fun season, and I look forward to more football games with uh, the Baylor Bears this year.
2: Absolutely, man. Here's to hopefully three or two more after this one. Let's go. Go Oklahoma State. We're all big Cowboys fans
1: this week. Yeah. Go, Pokes, for sure. Sick of Pokes and Sick and Bears.
0: Network.